People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 503. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And joining us this week is our good friend, Parker. Parker, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, thank you for coming back. For those who might not remember, Parker is the official uh, millennial (laughs) conservative correspondent. And he's back with us today to talk about the government shutdown, of course. But um, Parker will be on with us throughout the whole episode. So... I'm really excited for you to be back. Thank you for Me too. coming into the liberal lion's den. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I've got my armor on and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I like how you designated him our official. <laughs> I figured at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Laura, did you have the day off today? I did not. No. <laughs> um, but it's okay because here in Atlanta, I guess we should preface uh, today is Martin Luther King Day. Um, here in Atlanta, it kind of turns into a full week of volunteer opportunities. So I'll actually be doing my volunteering later in the week. Oh, good for you. That's when I plan on doing it. But I did want to bring up the fact that the only reason the MLK National Park was open was because Delta gave a grant to them (sighs) to stay open since the government can't do its job. Oh, no. Go figure. Well, good for Delta. Yeah, seriously. I was like, way to step up private sector. Thank yeah. you. That's also so sad that that's where we are. I know, <laughs> we're, right? We're Domino's an airline. is fixing potholes. Yeah. yeah. Delta's opening national parks. Yeah. I still don't like Delta, but good on you, Delta. Yeah, I, I have some reservations myself, but <laughs> I think this was a good move. Um, also, speaking of my city of Atlanta, I just learned like three days ago that the Super Bowl is going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea until somebody at work mentioned it to me. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, it, Atlanta is already just a clusterfuck and a traffic nightmare. So that entire weekend, probably starting on Wednesday, to be honest with you, is going to be a shit show. Yeah, because you know, it's like a whole week of Super Bowl events. Yep. I was going to say, at least like the Super Bowl is actually taking place in Atlanta. When it was in the Bay Area a couple of years ago, it was actually being played out in Santa Clara, which is about an hour and a half away from San Francisco. But Super Bowl City was in San Francisco, and that was a shit show. Yeah. So who's playing in the game, Laura? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the Patriots, right? I saw a lot of people complaining about it's one that. Of them. That's correct. Aren't the LA Rams playing too? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yep. I don't know anything about sports ball. Why did you help her out, Pam? I wanted to see if she could figure it out. <laughs> because the ladies have to stick together. There we go. <laughs> Against Andrew's wrath. Yeah. <laughs> Who's playing in the Super Bowl? You know, um, the team that I root for when we do get to this time of the year is the Philadelphia Eagles because I grew up in South Jersey and that's the team you support if you live there. And um, they made it till uh, they were doing well until two weeks ago when they lost. And I, I was I was bummed because it's actually really fun to watch a team that you like uh, get closer to the Super Bowl. I don't even like football that much, but I do find the end of the end of the year tournament portion <laughs> exciting. I'm describing this correctly, aren't I, Parker? Yeah, yeah, no, and and the Eagles they were not really supposed to even be in the playoffs. They got they went 
two games farther than they were like all the experts thought they thought they were supposed to be and they won last year so I don't right. know, it's they got it was a good season for them all things considered who are you rooting for in the super bowl uh well i'm a titans fan which no one even people don't even know that's a team sometimes um but i'm probably gonna root for the rams because i i have a friend who's in He's a Patriots fan, he's an Alabama fan, he's a New York Yankees fan, and he's a Lakers fan, which is all the teams that are good. So I just, I intentionally want him to feel some some more losses this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl like five of the past six years or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's too much. Well, yeah, how can you get excited? I mean, obviously, if if you are in massachusetts is that where they yeah yeah i think it's in it's in boston yeah okay i I can see why you would be excited but why is it exciting to watch the same team make it into the super Mm -hmm. bowl every year that seems silly to me yeah i agree Uh, since i was in la for nine years i will root for the rams even though i think it's stupid that their mascot is a ram i it's just would you prefer like aberforth's goat how about the Los Angeles sunshine? <laughs> sunshine? Okay, what is the sunshine going to do to someone? You have to be powerful. Okay, Los Angeles waves, man. The waves can crash down <laughs> on the Patriots. Yeah. The LA Rams that's were good. actually in St. Louis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then and then they and the Chargers went to LA at the same time. Mm. Like, what in the world? So, uh, I have two teams. This is the straightest conversation I've had in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Parker, I wanted to let you know that um, our patrons listening in the Discord are really excited to have you here. In fact, oh, Justin good. Justin says that he is sure that we can figure out the government shutdown in the next 45 minutes. So no we pressure. We should get Pelosi and Trump on and they can just listen to us. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. I'll, and I'll call him real quick. <laughs> At the top of the show here, I wanted to also share some personal news with everybody. We talk about side hustles a lot here on Millennial, and I wanted to announce a new one of my own. As everybody knows, I love podcasting. Podcasting and, by extension, Patreon have become something I am utterly passionate about. In fact, I am honestly more confident in my podcasting abilities than I am in anything else I do. This is just what I feel genuinely good at. And podcasting it continues to grow and grow it is insanely popular right now for so many reasons and i'm so excited by that and because of that there are a lot of people out there who might need help getting started with podcasting and it's not that easy to get a show together and to make it successful so i have launched a podcast and patreon consulting gig it's called hypable impact for a hourly rate, I can teach you anything you need to know about podcasting, whether it's planning your show, recording your show, editing, promotion, distribution, monetization. I can help you. I excel in all of these areas. We've also had a lot of success with Patreon, so I can teach you how to put together a Patreon that fans of your work will actually want to support. There are some steps you need to take in advance of even launching your Patreon, so I can teach you those uh, using our own experience. And the main reason I launched, it's not because this is going to be some full-time job for me. Like I said, it's a side hustle. But this is also really a passion project. I actually launched this a few months ago, but haven't brought it up on the show until now. And I've been having so much fun teaching people. 
getting to work with people one-on-one, whether it's over the internet or face-to-face, including a couple of millennial listeners. It's just been a blast teaching my passion. It's been so refreshing. So if you or someone you know is interested in starting a podcast or a Patreon, send them to me. Come to me. We'll have a free, no-obligation chat to learn about your needs, and I'll tell you if I can help you. I'm not going to waste anybody's time or money. I'm only going to help you if I think my skill set will genuinely be beneficial to you. So again, it's called Hypable Impact. I'll put a link in the show notes. And the website's located at impact.hypable.com. And for listeners, (laughs) this sounds like I'm doing an ad read. (laughs) For (laughs) listeners, I'm shaving $10 off my hourly rate. And the reason I'm doing that is because you all have helped me become who I am today. So the least I can do is say thanks by teaching you what you have helped teach me. So again, it's Hypable Impact. Impact Impact.hypable.com is the website. And I hope to hear from some of you. And uh, Laura was so kind as to uh, give me a little testimonial that I put on the homepage. So thank you for that. Laura T of Atlanta. You're welcome. I was drunk when I wrote it. I hope that doesn't. Oh, really? (laughs) I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm fucking with you. (laughs) Okay. Well, when people are drunk, they do write from the heart. So no, being serious. I think this is a really great idea. And actually, I mentioned it to my dad. And he was like, does he do free consults? (laughs) (laughs) For you, Dan. I'll do anything for yeah, free. Yeah, you might be hearing from him. All right. So uh, thanks again to everybody who uh, has put me in a position to be able to do this. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm really excited about it. Anyway, moving on, we did also get an email in regards to last week's episode. Laura, do you want to read that? Sure. This comes from Hillary. Hillary says, I've been listening to you guys forever, like since episode one of MuggleCast aired, but I've never felt obligated to write in. I was listening to the latest episode, Season 5, Episode 2, and something really bothered me. Shania seemed surprised that her mom didn't vaccinate her since she was a doctor. And then she said, doctor of chiropractic. Chiropractic practitioners are notoriously anti-Western medicine and generally anti-vaccination. I'm all for that holistic stuff as an adjunct to seeing your physician and nurse practitioner and staying healthy, but let's not let someone go around saying that doctors don't trust Western medicine and aren't vaccinating their kids. I know her mom has a doctorate, but it was talked about as if she was a, if, as if she was practicing medicine the same way a licensed physician does, and this is simply not true. I don't know if this will make it on the show, but I just got extremely frustrated when I hear misinformation like this. You know, I was thinking about this too when I heard Shania talking. So now that Hillary gave me some context that I had evidently missed, um, that makes more sense. Yeah. So I want to I want to bring up a couple of points. Um, first of all, Hillary, your point is well taken um, because I think generally speaking, this is a trend in chiropractic, but. This isn't true of all chiropractors. I had a chiropractor when I was living in New York who was very scientifically driven. Um, He was not one of these people who thought that like chiropractic could cure your cancer. So I don't think this is necessarily true across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to, you know... um, Speak sort for of Shania. Put down, I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to put down that practice because even though it is a holistic practice, it definitely does make a difference for a lot of people, myself included. Um, but you are right. It should be supplemental. It shouldn't just be – that shouldn't be your only approach. Yeah. 
Thank you for emailing in, Hillary. I love when people never write in, but then they get really motivated to do so. (laughs) Yeah, when they're like, you were wrong. Yeah, I love when they come out of the woodwork for that. Uh, Parker, did you ever do that? We, you get so angry at something we said, you, you come out of the woodwork, tell us the fuck off. Uh, that I may be my first email to y'all. <laughs> I'm not sure. Me. <laughs> Probably. Uh, before we talk to Parker about the government shutdown, we do have a new sponsor this week, Joybird. We all run into those occasions where we need to do some furniture shopping. With Joybird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture made to your unique tastes. You get to turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options from mid-century modern, which is one of my personal favorites, to contemporary classics. All the furniture is customizable and an amazing array of fabric choices from rich buttery leather and plush velvets to every color imaginable. I've been browsing Joybird. I've been noticing the crazy amount of options there are for every item. It's great because you can find just the right design and color for your home. And as if colors weren't enough, they also have a wide range of kid and pet-friendly upholstery options available. There's a few other features that really make Joybird stand out. First, they offer free personal design consultants to help nail down your perfect design. I love this because when I go furniture shopping, I'm second-guessing everything. (laughs) And I do that because I know I'm not an expert. So I'm wondering if the choices I'm making are actually good. Is this going to match with this? Oh my god, I don't know. So Joybird offers me some serious anxiety relief. In addition, they have a 365-day home trial. 365 days. Sit on it, sleep on it, break it in. If you don't love your Joybird, return it for a full refund up to a year later. That is freaking fantastic. They also have hassle-free in-home delivery. So they'll bring it in the house. They'll set it up, which is huge. They'll take out all the packaging so you don't have to worry about any of that. Joybird, they're just the total package when it comes to online furniture shopping. They've nailed down everything a shopper could want. See how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash millennial. Go to joybird.com slash millennial and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code millennial. All right, Parker, now it's your time to shine. I'm so glad that you're back because, you know, even though I I think that most of what we say is right here, I think sometimes we need to have (laughs) a different perspective to kind of keep everybody centered and and keep keep the conversation focused. Yeah, (laughs) Parker's a fighter. I love it. (laughs) Uh, I know. I love it. It's perfect. Seriously, guys, if you ever want to be on the show, write us a really uh, (laughs) elegant email about how wrong we are about everything. And we'll (laughs) we'll put you on the show. Um, But first, Parker, before we get started, I want to establish something um, because we've got people listening live, commenting in the stream. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of feedback Mm. about this. And I want to set the record straight as we did last time you were on. You're not a Trump fan. No, no, I'm not a Trump fan. I'll I'll apologize for him when he does. Well, no, I won't. I will not apologize for him when he does something stupid. But I won't I won't say everything he's does is dumb if I don't think it's dumb, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. I thought that was important to establish because sometimes when people hear that um, they'll be hearing from like a conservative uh, point of view, they automatically assume that it's somebody who's like towing the Trump line. And that's not true in your case. No. Um, No. So we've been talking a lot about the government shutdown. And 
I thought the best place to start to get your take would be uh, to have you kind of rebut some of the most prominent liberal talking points um, that you might take issue with surrounding the government shutdown. Sure, sure. Oh, I think the the one that I hear and that Nancy Nancy Pelosi, I like to call her Nancy. Um, she said, <laughs> "That's something you is, do like about Trump." Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, I don't call her whatever the extra extra adjective he gives her, but um, but so she said that the wall is immoral, and that's like like I'm not a Trump person, but I I understand that she's like thinks the idea of separation is immoral, but like the fact is there are there are some people that are coming across the border and that that are doing crimes in our country. Like it's let's say it's like one in a million, but there's still like there's still some. So like there's gotta be like I feel like if there's any and there there are there is evidence of some people coming over and like there's been in Alabama where I live is there's been people who um there's been murders that have been happen or have happened by um people who are uh, undocumented or illegal illegal immigrants. So I think that's that's hard for me just as a as a moderate to be able to be like why how's how is the a wall actually immoral, you know? Is she speaking yeah. about it symbolically because first of all we already do mm-hmm. have a wall at least sure. along California and in other parts. So I yeah. wonder if Nancy is saying that it's it's immoral in that we don't want to uh close shut people out we want to sure. provide a bridge for people yeah and, and that that really may be it i just wish she would have been clear and she may have been because you know people just take things out of context um but people other democrats have ran with the line that the wall is immoral and they haven't qualified it like nancy like mrs speaker pelosi uh might have um and then i guess the other one is so like it's 5.7 billion is what he's asking for and that's not actually enough to build the wall that he like, you know, a great wall of China type wall where it goes across the whole border. Um, that is actually supposed to be about $25 billion. So I think when people will say like, well, we can't just give him the wall. Well, really you're not giving him the wall. You're giving him like a fifth of the wall and it's going to have like holes in it. And it's like wall funding and wall like security. So it's like not actually, like this, this structure that people think it is. Um, and I think that's, that's what gets a lot of people mad. It's like, this is stupid. Like this, a structure is dumb, but that's not really what it's all going to look like. He, he might say it is because that's what gets the racist excited, but that's not actually what's going to, it's going to look like. I'm really glad that you brought up that point, Parker. I think maybe a lot of the, the reasoning behind referring to the wall as being immoral is because of who the messenger is. Hmm. Um, because Democrats have voted in favor of wall funding in the past, including sure. Barack Obama. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the messenger and the horrible and disparaging things that Trump has said about Mexicans in particular mm-hmm. in the past probably has something to do with it. But I agree with you. There's There's something here that is not being parsed very well. So... I'm glad that sure. you that you brought it up. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you about the spending aspect of this. I'm very curious <laughs> about your perspective oh, here. Just the fact that it's spending. Yeah. <laughs> Is this extra 5.7 billion strictly necessary or I mean, the way we kind of see it here is that it's an ego trip. <laughs> sure. And yeah, and part of it definitely and probably is. Um, but I think. There's a there's one representative who who he 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 represents the largest part of the border uh, than anyone than anyone in Congress and he 
he talks about how, yes, there's need for more wall, but also need for more um, just like, you know, drones to kind of watch when people are crossing the border and some other like technology aspects. And I think if 5.7 billion is used towards a mixture of that and not actually a structure, which I think is the case, um, it makes it makes some sense. Cool. I think we're for that type of security as well. Yeah. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just that Trump supporters love the idea of the wall because it's sure. it's symbolic. Like I said, it's this big physical barrier that, that just screams stay out. Whereas a mm-hmm. drone, it's you know more subtle. Sure. But is it I don't is it a problem to to scream stay out? I don't that's that's why I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I feel like it's okay to scream stay out and let you can you can come if you like do the proper roles and that you, you know, you apply for asylum or whatever, but if it's just open, it it's almost like come in. And I don't think I want to say come in to everybody because there's, you have to have borders to have a country, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's move on to DACA here quickly. Um, Trump is now asking for the deal that Democrats offered him a year ago, which was wall funding in exchange for temporary DACA protections. Should Democrats take this? My answer is yes. And I, the Washington Post editorial board actually agrees with me. So that's, and they're pretty, you know, they're not con- conservative bastions. Um, yeah. I mean, you got wo- WAPO on your side. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I don't know. What, what do y'all think? Do y'all, do y'all think y'all sh- they should take it? No. Ooh, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> so I I guess I want to I want to parse this by saying I understand the inclination to say yes because the pragmatic side of my brain is like this wall is never going to fucking happen. Like it's it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen, not in the capacity that he's describing it. So there's part sure. of me that's just like, fine, let him think he can have the money <laughs> so that we can get these protections, whatever. But then there's part of me that's like, I don't want this asshole to think that he can hold the country hostage every time he's not getting what he wants. Sure. Mm-hmm. But but the I don't know. It's hard because what he wants is not actually. Like it's something that a lot of people, I think, or like people would say, we need border security, and he can call it a wall, and we can call it yeah, like border security. But I don't. I think what he's holding the country hostage for isn't necessarily something like it's something that people agree on. And if he decides to hold the country hostage on something stupid, which maybe this is stupid, but maybe the Republicans in Congress won't won't allow him because really they're the ones that are in charge. Like if they decide that they want to pass a spending bill that can override a veto, they can do that. It's really not the president's choice. Um, so I think that's important kind of to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's something about McConnell that just <laughs> like it just really shows me whose pocket he's in, mm. you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's more like actual politics sure um sticking to actual funding and the american perception here how long do you think it's going to be before the average american turns against both parties right now democrats have way more favor than trump does in the midst of this shutdown most people hold trump responsible at what point are people going to start saying fuck this government nobody's getting anything done sure um so just standard like uh to this is kind of helpful for me is that most people in the in the country are liberal or, or leaning liberal now so anytime most of the country thinks something against trump it's you know it's just you know that's what liberals think so so i say that to say that i don't think that liberals or conservatives are really changing their mind as who's to blame i think they're going to blame people in alabama are going to blame uh nancy and then people in 
New York City are going to blame Trump. And I don't I don't see a whole lot, at least in my circles or like in my liberal or my conservative circles of them kind of backing against their party. People are too kind of blind to their own allegiances to to do that. So I, I but I mean, I'm hopeful. I don't really like the two party system anyway. Um, so you never know. Yeah, well, you're not alone on that one, <laughs> especially in our age group. There mm. is an overwhelming support for scrapping the two party system. So sure. mm-hmm. you would not be alone there. True. I will Final say question. this does oh. look bad on Democrats as well. Like, you know, both of these mm. sides could potentially solve this right now, but both are just digging their heels in. Mm-hmm. So it's just this mm-hmm. ugly stalemate. Yeah. 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 And as we approach the second Friday without paychecks, mm. um, it's not a good look for anyone. No. <laughs> that I think that we can agree on. It's been a full month now, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So final question for you, Parker, and then we're going to move on to uh, a quick word from one of our sponsors, but then we're going to get your take on some of the uh, 2020 candidates who have just announced. Um, Sweet. Let's say that you're a political advisor. What recommendations would you make to Trump and Pelosi and Schumer to make a deal and end the shutdown? Um, So I think I think my advice to both of them would be to take take the deal that Trump has um, done. But. Add so the DACA that they have right now is only uh, temporary, so it would add three years of protections. I think if the Democrats go in and say, "All right, I'll give you five point seven billion dollars, but you you have to make the you have to make DACA permanent," and like they won't even be called DACA anymore, they'll they'll just be called citizens or uh, residents, permanent residents or whatever. I think that's then the Democrats could take back and say, "We won this, and we gave them you know you gave them a little something that doesn't really matter in the long run." And then Trump can say the same thing. He can say, "Well, this was only you know like." 800,000 kids that are now in their 20s, it's going to be fine. Republicans like chill out. Um, and I think, and he can strong, and he strong arms people all the time. So I think that could be done well. Um, and then, so the only people that would be bad, would be mad would be the really crazy people. And then all of us normal people, you know, we'd be like, all right, well, that was kind of sucky, but also kind of good. So whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to um, just bring up the um the construction of the wall parker you had said earlier that it could take 25 billion to truly mm-hmm. get the wall complete i sure. mean when you keep that in mind and when you also consider let's say trump doesn't win in 2020 or even mm-hmm. uh you know he does win 2020 who says this wall is going to be built in two <laughs> to six years like whoever becomes president next couldn't they just cancel the project that is a good question i I don't know. I really don't know. I think if they Trump will probably try to he would probably send more troops to the border to help out um to maybe expedite <laughs> it for 2020. Yeah. Um I think if I think if the money is like I think the way it works is if the money is like allocated like it's like it's gone and I don't I don't know if you can necessarily take it back but you know the president can do a lot of things. So mm-hmm. maybe he maybe he or she could. I totally agree with you that this is just going to keep ballooning in terms of cost. I think about California. They've been wanting to um, put together a bullet train going up and down mm. the coast. And that's cool. been in development for years. Very cool. Mm. But it's been in development for years. It's not going anywhere. And the price just keeps getting higher and higher. Yeah. And I feel like the wall is going to be the same exact thing. <laughs> I don't. Nobody's considering that. But I think that's if this wall ever gets close to actually happening in the way Trump's that, Trump wants it. Um, it's not going to make it very far. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. 
All right. Well, we're going to talk about the 2020 Dem candidates in a moment. But first, our second sponsor today is ZipRecruiter. They are the smart way to take care of business. Uh, you know what's not smart? Going downtown when your city is hosting the Super Bowl, Laura. You know what else is not smart? Letting federal employees go without paychecks for a month now. But you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial to hire the right person. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the United States. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. So the people have spoken. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. I think the country needs to hire <laughs> some more <laughs> candidates. Am I right? <laughs> Fast. Oh, what a nice transition. <laughs> <laughs> So over the last couple of weeks, we've heard of a bunch, just a slew of Democratic candidates throwing their hats into the ring for 2020. Um, Of course, last week, we talked a little bit about Julian Castro and Tulsi Gabbard. Um, However, as of recording this episode, um, Kamala Harris is in. Of course, Elizabeth Warren has been in for quite some time. And Parker, we wanted to take this opportunity to get your perspective on these candidates. Sure. Um, well, I, for one, just am excited to see which candidate I'm going to have to reluctantly vote for against President Trump. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> you're just saying that because you're on the show. No, no, I voted for Hillary. Um, but yeah. I hated it. And so I'm going to I'm going to hate voting for one of these guys too, or girls, uh, probably too. Um, I don't know. I, so all of these people, I think, are a little bit more liberal than Hillary. And like um, all of the things that I've looked at, there's not a whole lot on Julian Castro. Also, this may be bad, but like, I don't, Castro is like a hard last name to have president after what happened in Cuba. I don't know. I don't, I'm just, it's like having a president Hitler. I just, I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And then the rest of the candidates, they're very strongly pro abortion. And that makes it hard for a lot of moderate, you know, conservative evangelical types to support them. Who, who would, who would like to support a Democrat? Honestly, because we hate, you know, we hate President Trump, because especially President Trump says he's, you know, he says he's a Christian. He makes terrible uh, name for all of, all of those who identify as Christians. Um, so, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Kamala, or is it Kamala? How do you? I don't know how you say her name. Um, um, but I think Kamala? it's Kamala. Or- Kamala. Yeah, yeah, I know there there has been a lot of disagreement on the internet about the pronunciation. Okay. Well, because Jeff Sessions on SNL pronounces it in a very Alabama version. Right. Kamala. Kate, Kate McKinnon's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like I like her enough because I, I think it'd be just because she's an African-American woman. I think that'd be great just for, I don't know, for everything. I think that'd be cool. I, also, I actually wish Michelle Obama would run, though. I think she would be great. And I would vote for her happily. Yeah, I love her, too. But she said she would never do that to her children. Oh, mm. I didn't, I didn't so, see that. Yeah, she's out. Um, This is so funny, Parker, because um, she's also my pick. Michelle or Kamala? Kamala, Kamala, yeah. (laughs) Now I'm really self-conscious that I'm saying her name wrong or something. I know. Somebody please correct me. I'm sorry for saying it multiple ways. I think it's Kamala. I think you guys are right. There was a video where she pronounces it because this came up (laughs) in an interview recently. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I, I would like her too. I think she's the strongest candidate so far. Mm-hmm. She's already established. Like I said on a recent episode, we we've seen her uh, speaking on the Senate committees before, and she she's a great speaker. She has lots of zingers, which we all love. Great for television, <laughs> and um, you know, I I think she's the right candidate for the country. She's younger compared to Bernie or Joe. Mm-hmm. she's uh she's she's a woman i mean a lot of people are still feeling burned after hillary had that great opportunity she's african-american we all miss obama there's a lot working <laughs> in her favor here andrew that <laughs> andrew that was like all black people are the same no right? that's you're not like, what i mean you're like obama was black and she's black <laughs> we just need the total opposite of trump that's what i'm saying bookend him how great would that be so no orange. No orange, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Parker, you had a, another idea that you threw in here for candidates. Amy Coney Barrett is her name. She was up. Oh, she was. She's a woman, and she is a pro-life woman. And I think she should run as a Democrat and get people to say no to her. I think that would be great. And she could, you know, she could be liberal on everything else. I don't think she actually would be. Um, but she was the one who uh, Obama, not Obama, President Trump. Pit, did not pick and then she picked or he picked uh kavanaugh and i do not think amy coney barrett has ever assaulted or even thought of assaulting anyone um so if he would have picked the person i would have decided we'd be good but i think she should run for president and i would gra- gladly vote for her, even with a, a d by her name okay that's well a, that's not a real proposition though honestly <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that's something to keep in mind because i i read a little bit about her before the show since i saw you'd mentioned her but i don't think that that's a household name that no, most people would no. be familiar with so i would it's definitely not. encourage people to check her out for sure all right sorry for the wall of me talking throughout this episode i'm almost done everyone sounds great so- to me <laughs> yeah same <laughs> Um, we're going to kick off our news for today. I'm going to have the first story. This isn't really so much a story as it is uh, a Laura's Rage of the Week. It's more of a plea of the week from me, and it's to Democrats. I would like you to stop it with the ideological purity test. This is how we ended up with Trump. Just stop. You don't, when a candidate announces, you don't need to begin to immediately rip them down before they've even had a chance to post a website with their vision and their agenda. Just calm the fuck down. We've got a few, I would say, really strong candidates in the field. I think it's important to call people out on decisions they've made in the past, but perhaps we can let people get their agendas out there before we start making grand statements about who we will and won't support. Let's be real. Short of nominating Donald Duck, (laughs) <laughs> we should be voting for whoever the Democrats put up in 2020. You know, I love Donald Duck, so I find that very insulting. Fuck you, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you've seen chatter from people trying to bring down who? Elizabeth Warren? Well, I'll put it to you this way. The candidates that are receiving the most scrutiny all have one thing in common, and it's that they all have vaginas. <laughs> Knew it. I'm not trying to say that people haven't said anything negative about Julian Castro or Bernie Sanders. Certainly both of them have had people focusing on certain aspects of their past, and that's fine. Um, In particular, though, there is just a shit ton of scrutiny that is hitting Harris, Gabbard, and Warren 
And I think that it's warranted. I think it's good for us to look into people's pasts. Mm -hmm. But with the caveat that you shouldn't automatically run into this, what is going to be a very contentious political season and say that, well, Tulsi Gabbard said this thing in 2006. So fuck her. (laughs) That's stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. Um, There's a lot of back and forth about Harris's record as a prosecutor, which is really strange to me because conservatives are saying that she was not hard enough as a prosecutor and (laughs) super liberals are saying that she was too hard on people as a prosecutor. So I'm not really sure. That means she was just right. Yeah, I was going to say the truth is probably in the middle somewhere. So all of that is to say, look at a candidate's record, be aware of who they are and what they've stood for in the past, but also have a look at what they've done within the most recent five years. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's not base our stance and who we're going to support in 2020 off of something that somebody did 10 or 15 years ago. Because if that's your barometer, like, for instance, this is a big thing that Tulsi Gabbard has gotten. She said a lot of really fucked up things about the LGBT community, and it is worth calling her out on that. But if we're not going to support candidates that haven't always been good on LGBT issues, then we shouldn't have elected Obama. We shouldn't have nearly nominated Bernie Sanders, and we shouldn't have nominated Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Do any of Sorry, these? There, there are skeletons in everyone's closet, so just calm the fuck down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, I have a hard time taking somebody like Tulsi seriously because nobody knows her. I have to Google her every time we we bring her up on the show because I've just never heard of this person before. Does any candidate who isn't uh, Kamala Harris, a Bernie, have a chance? Probably not. Yeah. But I also don't think that's a reason to automatically disqualify anybody, especially in this current climate where, as a country, we're so anti-establishment politics. I mean, Donald Trump is the polar opposite of the establishment, and here we are. Yeah. So everyone pump your brakes a little bit. Do your research. Be critical. Ask questions. But don't automatically start going on the record on your social media, attacking people, because guess what? The GOP is really good at opposition research and they don't need your help. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> right. Right. All right. On to some other news, not uh, politics related. I wanted to talk about Netflix and their domination of the world, frankly, um, in a rare move last week, Netflix shared some numbers for some of their recent originals, and they are insane. They revealed these on an investor call. They say 45 million people watched Bird Box in its first seven days, and 40 million households <laughs> have watched the show You and Sex Education. Both of those are uh, recent original series, although you was actually on Lifetime and then it moved to Netflix. They even ha- they haven't even had a new season yet, but 40 million people have already watched it for some reason. Um, they also say Netflix accounts for 10% of all TV viewing in the United States. Netflix sharing these numbers is rare because um, they don't have to share their viewership numbers. 
they don't have advertisers to report to. So they have notoriously kept all of their numbers secret. And I guess last week they wanted to wow some people. They wanted to wow their investors. So they said, hey, we have a shitload of people watching stuff, even in the first week that it's out. So please give us more money, investors. <laughs> um, by comparison, the average viewership for one of the top 50 network TV shows, the median, it's around 10 million viewers per episode. So these numbers that Netflix is posting are insane. If Bird Box had been in theaters, it'd be one of the biggest movies of the year automatically. We would be all be shocked by, oh my God, Bird Box. It, it was out in, it was released in January. And uh, who, who knew that a film could do so well in January? But since it's on Netflix, it's not treated as such. It's just like, oh yeah, a lot of people talking about Netflix. Can't wait till the next uh, Netflix original. Um, that all said, Pam, you've noticed that some people are having a hard time believing some of these numbers. Yes, there was some discord over in the Twitterverse with people kind of pointing out that while the numbers are impressive, Netflix is notoriously cagey with regards to how they garner data, especially because when you look at ratings for traditional network television, all that is done by a third party. Nielsen is the company that does that. That's how uh, they're able to track how many people tune into, say, a series premiere, and then how many people trickle off or how many people come back in and check out the show later. And that's how a lot of networks determine what they're going to cut and what they're going to renew. And Netflix uh, doesn't really do that. So while the numbers are impressive, what they don't really reflect is how many people actually uh, stick around past the pilot for a TV show, for example, or maybe just watch half of it and become disinterested. Um, and the same with like a movie, you know, like did that viewer, the view that you counted Netflix, did, did that mean that that person actually finished the film or did they watch enough of it for you to feel like, you know, it counts right, towards a right. full view? So these are all like really good points to make, but I also feel like, well, it's maybe possible Netflix could be slightly inflating numbers for buzz, kind of like, you know, releasing these numbers one right after the other in a short period of time. I also feel like they would be bleeding money if they were just going off of this as a publicity stunt to get more people to watch. Like at some point it wouldn't work yeah. and they would have to cut these shows. And that's why a lot of shows have been cut by Netflix, like they've said before, that um, if people don't watch things within a certain amount of time after they premiere on Netflix, uh, they're more likely to be in danger of not getting renewed. So, mm. um, In quarter four of 2018, Netflix had 148 million subscribers worldwide. So it's not that shocking when you see these numbers and all netflix has to do is put any of these at the top of the netflix homepage, and it's gonna get a fuckload of interest you're gonna be like oh what is that and it can't be too hard to draw people in you cut a good trailer you write a good description they hit play there's no ads there's no waiting you, you're just instantly you get instant gratification um so i'm not really shocked by these numbers especially when sandra bullock she's the star of bird box she's a pretty big draw she's a big name act actress it's cool to see these big names heading over to Netflix. Something that's being brought up in the Discord right now is that part of this has to be the facility of watching via Netflix, right? Like John brought up 
the fact that it's way easier to sit at home and watch Bird Box for quote unquote free than it is to get in your car and drive to a movie theater where you then have to buy food and refreshments and you can't pause the movie and go to the bathroom whenever you want. Um, So that has to play into this too, right? Yeah. And you got to put pants on, which is probably the worst. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I agree. The convenience is a big factor here. I mean, one reason we all love Netflix is there's no pre-roll before getting to your show or movie. With HBO, they they run some commercials. Amazon runs a commercial. Um, obviously, traditional television, there's commercials. A movie theater, there's trailers. With this, like I said, instant gratification. You hit play and it plays. And they even give you a skip intro, skip recap button. It could not be more convenient. So I agree. But it makes me wonder. And Pam, I wanted to have an open, hypable meeting with you right here right now why are we bothering covering traditional network and cable tv shows when netflix is posting numbers like these i think there's still a place for a network television why well as you pointed out over here there's still a volume of people that are coming to sites like hypeable looking for discord on their favorite network television series and i think the reason is because while netflix gives you instant gratification when they release say a whole season of stranger things in one go the thing that network television has for them and if it's done well can build a lot of hype is that they build suspense by only releasing one episode a week and i'm not sure how that's going to change given the fact that we are entering into this era where people enjoy instant gratification more than they do waiting on the edge of their seats for more content but At the same time, people love, you hear about these shows, like they're like water cooler shows, you know, anything that airs on a Sunday is what people are going to be talking about the water cooler at work the next day. That's why Game of Thrones is so popular and it airs on Sundays, Uh, just stuff like that. I, I do kind of feel like that's the thing that network television has going for them. Because the thing about Netflix or Hulu even is, oh no, maybe not Hulu because they don't release their shows all in one go, but Netflix specifically is that everybody's watching it at a different time. It's not like a yeah. um, an event, you know? It's not a weekly event. I think Netflix sh- should do like live premieres so everybody could tweet about it at the same time. I think that'd be super cool. Yeah, if they got into that game, maybe game over. Yeah. All right, you convinced me. We'll continue covering Network TV. Um, <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome, CW interesting fans. reveal <laughs> was um, they, they said who their competition is, and this was surprising. CEO Reed Hastings said, we compete with and lose to Fortnite more than HBO. (laughs) Our focus is not on Disney Plus, Amazon, (laughs) or others, but on how we can improve our experience for our members. So I assume he's referring to Fortnite and them being their competition because they recently released Black Mirror Bandersnatch, and that let you choose your own adventure. Did you all try this? Not yet. Yes. (laughs) I watched my brother and Pat play, so to speak, and it, it's cool. So you, um, you know, you're watching this episode of Black Mirror, and every few minutes, two options come up at the bottom of the screen, and you pick which way you want to proceed, and you're controlling the episode. It's very interesting. Did you enjoy it, Pam? <laughs> It got really stressful at a certain point, and uh, there was one instance in particular where my time ran out because you only get 10 seconds to decide. And FYI, if you haven't done this yet and you're interested in doing it, you better pick before your 10 seconds are up because if not, Netflix is just going to choose for you and it's not as fun. 
Yeah, so. it's very it's fascinating that they think their competition is Fortnite because everyone's assumed they're competing with the other streamers, but then Netflix is over here just being well, like, "No, we're fighting with Fortnite." I will say that to uh, give them credit a little bit for that, Twitch is one of the fastest rising streaming platforms online, and people are really into these. Um, you know, live streaming of people watching games right now and stuff like that. So I think when they say that they're competing with Fortnite, maybe they mean they're competing with their target audience preferring to watch in real time somebody going through a video game with just as much action and suspense as, you know, a show on Netflix. So. Yeah. No, I think you, I think you're absolutely right. But that's why they're adding more of these quote unquote games, more interactive television, so they can keep people engaged and come up with content that you can't get anywhere else. I would like to see more of this from Netflix. I'm not a Black Mirror fan, so well, I mean, Same. I would be if I watched it, I guess. But you haven't watched it either, Parker. I've I've watched Black Mirror, and it's there. It's very disturbing at times. I mean, you've, if you've seen any of it, the other episodes. Things happen. They're like, there was no warning that was going to happen, and put the pig down. Um, <laughs> but I was I, I, if they reference did a, that. Yeah, if they did it, and I, I actually didn't watch that one because I heard that happened. But I watched some of the other ones. And if they if they did the choose your own adventure with you know like a series of unfortunate events, or I don't know a Harry Potter, I don't know that would be interesting. I still don't know how you do Harry Potter, but um, mm-hmm. they need to choose. If they could do something maybe rated TV fourteen, so for my eyes, <laughs> just for my good, <laughs> I would I would appreciate that. Parker's so innocent. Aww. Mm. <laughs> It'd be cool if they adventure re- rom com. I'd be down with that. <laughs> oh Nothing yeah, that actually happens. It would be cool if they reshot the Black Mirror pilot because uh, that's the episode you're referring to, mm-hmm. Parker. And there was an option to not yes. copulate with the pig. <laughs> yes yeah then i can do it then i can do it so i just want to say congratulations netflix you are killing it and i think there might come a time where everybody's just so used to streaming that network tv the numbers just aren't there anymore and these networks can't survive and we might see netflix hulu amazon disney plus being the, the only ones left I th- I think they uh, might kill traditional network TV. What else is going on, Pam? Well, from one streaming platform to another, Spotify is actually testing out a feature that will soon let you mute and block artists. This is called the Don't Play This Artist feature, and it's currently testing via the latest iOS app. So if you have an iPhone, you can use this right now if you have Spotify on there. Uh, To implement this, you just go to the artist page, you tap on the three dots in the upper right hand corner, and there you can select the Don't Play This Artist option. Uh, So it's kind of cool because this actually enables the app to make it so songs from the artists that you don't want to hear from are never going to play uh, from a library, playlist, chart list, or radio station while you're streaming on Spotify. But one thing to note is that it does not apply to tracks that the artist is featured on. So for example, (laughs) if Lady Gaga had not removed her duet with R. Kelly and you muted R. Kelly, you would still hear do what you want with my body featuring R. Kelly. What's your problem about it? <laughs> uh, so the rollout comes actually fittingly hot off the heels of Spotify coming under pressure to succumb to the mute R. Kelly protest, which gained steam after Lifetime's six-part docuseries. Uh, the media... 
the music streaming service has toyed with blocking controversial artists before. About a year ago, they decided they were going to block artists like R. Kelly because of the controversial nature of who they are. And they actually ended up reversing this decision pretty quickly after pushback from the music industry. So this kind of seems like a very happy uncontroversial compromise because it leaves muting in the hands of the individual user. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Is this something that you could see yourselves using? Not really. (laughs) If I'm being perfectly honest, um, and it's not that I don't think they should have it. I think it's a good feature to have for people who would like to mute certain artists so they don't, they're not exposed to that and that's fine. Um, But for me, somebody like R. Kelly there's just so there's so there's so little occasion for him to ever pop up in any of my playlists because i i've just never <laughs> been a fan i've never really listened to any of his music so i doubt that he'll come up and if he does i'll probably just push the skip button same here uh, i feel like i feel like spotify does a pretty good job of curating its playlists mm-hmm. like even that big 2018 compilation list they did for everybody mine was pretty fucking spot on mm-hmm. pun intended <laughs> <laughs> so i agree pam this is this is great because it leaves it to the consumer to do it so spotify can stay out of the debate now and when there is pressure, Spotify can just be like, well, you can block them yourself. You don't have to talk to us about it. So I, I actually just wish um, that you could block genres. Because mm. I'll be listening to a, a certain playlist on Spotify. Like I, I like the themed playlist that they come up with and whatnot, like the mood playlist and whatnot. Um, but then I come across types of songs that I just don't like. I don't like rap. And uh, I always, always, always hit skip or hip hop skip. So I wish I could do that. I think that would actually get backlash, though, because you would be blocking large groups of artists in one simple click. And that's too much too fast. Yeah. Really? Like, there's no rap or hip hop that you like at all? Like, nothing? I guess occasionally. No. (laughs) Oh, God. I guess I guess I'll occasionally come across something where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sort of into this, but nine times out of ten, I'm hitting next. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way too. I was thinking about if there was an artist that I could see myself implementing this on. It's like maybe if I was listening to like a 2000s throwback, I wouldn't want to see you know Creed come up, but I could just skip <gasps> that. It's not a big deal. <laughs> exactly nobody needs that in their lives i love when creed comes on because i love singing it like that (laughs) pat loves it too trust me (laughs) i just asked on uh discord who i should block and i got kanye robin Mm -hmm. thick and chris brown all right fresby blocked chris brown so i'm joining her I mean, honestly, if you were going to block three people, those would be good ones to start with. (laughs) (laughs) My Spotify playlist is almost all exclusively Taylor Swift, so I don't have to block anyone. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Did you like her Netflix Netflix concert? Um, I actually went to a concert, so I didn't need to watch it. Um, You lived it. Yeah, I lived it. But I was on that. We were literally the second from the top row of Nissan Stadium, which was very, very far away. 
You know, um, if it still okay. sounded good, I feel like it's worth it. Yes, it did. I, I like personally like her better when she's singing acoustic. So she only mm. did two or three of those songs. Because the rest of the time, she's da- it's just like a dance show and it's the track playing. I'm like, I don't really, I can't even see you. So I don't really care. But yeah. Anyway. All right. So Parker, I'm going to put you on the hot seat one more time here. Okay. Favorite Taylor Swift song. Oh, oh crap. Uh, um, I think Enchanted, which is a Speak Now. Oh, and I love that song. Mm, it's very good. I mean, mm-hmm. Love Story is like, it is really good too. Um, but Enchanted is probably my favorite. Mm. Would you say that's your favorite Taylor Swift album too, Speak Now? Yeah. And that's the one she wrote all by herself. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it's the best. It's, and they're all the songs are like six minutes long. It's like, whoa, how did you do that? It is so. a good album. 100% yeah. agree with your Taylor Swift uh, preferences. Yeah. Yeah. They're what, good. What cracks me up about that Taylor Swift concert that's on Netflix? And by the way, Netflix always so brilliant with the timing of their releases. They release that New Year's Eve. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. You watch that while you're getting ready to go out for the night. Um, Taylor Swift, she introduces every song with like kind of like a joke or a sly reference. So she'll be like, hey, guys, you're looking beautiful tonight. Or you could say, you're looking gorgeous. This is gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Every fucking song. Hey, guys. So I went to the doctor and they checked my blood. He said it was bad blood. This is bad blood. (laughs) Oh, my God. That one didn't happen, but she did it for every song. I'm like, oh my god. I would be a little harder on her about that, but that's so in line with who she actually is as a person <laughs> that it kind of works, you know? She's a little bit quirky and a little bit nerdy. Mm-hmm. It kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, trapped in this pop star's body. Uh, all right. Well, that's the news for the week. All right. Before we move on to some recommendations, we've got a quick word for you from one of our sponsors, BioClarity. BioClarity is a garden-given, skin-loving beauty brand that wants to help you achieve beautiful, naturally glowing skin. Their green skincare line offers essential products to help clear up and calm your skin, or keep it balanced and on track with daily nutrients. I have a lot of redness in my face, and over the last year, BioClarity has really helped tone that down. So it's become a regular part of my skincare routine. I personally use the Essentials Routine for normal or dry skin. It's a three-step regimen that is packed with gentle nutrients that nurture your natural radiance. In just three easy steps, you can cleanse, restore, and hydrate your skin every day to keep it looking its best. My personal favorite is the Hydrate Step. This is super moisturizing and non-greasy, and I love how it keeps my skin hydrated without messing up my makeup application. I also love the Clarifying Mask. I just got this and I've used it twice per week as recommended. And I hope it's okay for me to curse during our ad reads because holy shit, this stuff evened out my skin texture and helped minimize my pores like nobody's business. Hmm. And unlike other masks, this doesn't require a chisel to remove from your face once it's dry. And instead, it comes off with the gentle use of a warm washcloth. It's really great. These products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free, and artificial fragrance-free. On top of that, BioClarity offers a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. 
Take the first step to healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com. Right now, our listeners will get a free clarifying mask when you purchase a skincare routine. That's a $25 value for free, but you need to enter our code MIL at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com and use our code MIL at checkout to get your free clarifying mask when you purchase a routine. This stuff is like a green smoothie for your face. You won't regret it. All right. It's time now for recommendations. Pam, what's yours? Mine, uh, sticking with the theme of an earlier conversation, is Netflix's Sex Education. I binged this over the weekend, and it's really good and really funny. And if you enjoy quirkier coming-of-age stories that are also uh, kind of more dry British humor, then you will love this. It stars Gillian Anderson and Asa Butterfield, And Asa Butterfield plays a teenage boy with a sex therapist mother who decides to open an underground sex therapy clinic at his high school. And it's (laughs) really great. It's amazing. I didn't know that was the premise. That's really Mm -hmm. funny. Okay, Yeah, he's very like sexually repressed too. And actually what I really liked about the show was that it was pretty diverse in terms of uh, not necessarily just the sexual orientation of the people that he advises, but also in terms of the cast. Um, highly recommend, though. It's it's really charming, and it's just great. So following in Pam's lead, I want to recommend Netflix's You. I had also mentioned this in the news. The, the story of this show is fascinating. Like I had said, it was on Lifetime. And I have an article up from the New York Times right now. Um, only 650,000 people were tuning into each episode when it was on Lifetime. And then Lifetime decided to cancel it. But then Netflix saved it, like they do so many shows. And now, as I said earlier, it's apparently got 40 million people tuning in. And it's really great um, because it's freaking creepy. It's uh, It follows this guy who has this infatuation with a girl. Um, and the girl likes him too, but the girl does not know that he is infatuated with her and going to great lengths to um be with her and even though i haven't watched pretty little liars it's giving me pretty little liars vibes and it's it's been a really fun watch because it's corny and surprising and serious and the guy's hot so that's good too like he's a creep he's fucking out of his mind but he's also really attractive so i'm very conflicted on how to feel about him Uh, um also a stalker and a murderer just well yeah i know i know <laughs> throw but, that out there but he's hot and this, oh, this is where the conflict comes in so anyway give it a watch it's on netflix and a second season is coming soon thanks to netflix i will second your recommendation because i really like this show as well i will third it because <laughs> i binged this in about two days it's really good what's your recommendation parker Mine is so Joy Williams is it the girl from the Civil Wars? I don't know if y'all remember that band that came in and out mm-hmm. of like popularity a couple years ago. Um, and she is on her tour uh, right about now. And she, I saw her in uh, my city in in November, and it is probably the most haunting concert you'll ever go to. And it's like probably like ten twenty bucks, and it's pretty. Usually her concerts are very intimate concerts, so there's like only like hundred two hundred people there. Um, and it's yeah, it's even better than the Taylor Swift concert. So I would recommend that's I would recommend her very highly. Mm-hmm. 
You had written Tennessee basketball. I did. I changed my so, mind. <laughs> I was like, at what point is he going to work in Tennessee basketball? I thought maybe that was the name of her solo act. <laughs> no, no. Well, Tennessee basketball. So I'll just, I mean, I'll just do it. So Tennessee basketball was my other recommendation. We are now number one in the country and we just, which takes over Duke, who everyone knows Duke is good at basketball, but we are actually better. Um, so nice. I kind of wanted to just, you know, dig that in. But I changed my mind, but now I can bring up both of them. <laughs> Laura, what's yours? My recommendation is Lumi deodorant. Uh, this might be something you've seen in your social feeds. I ended up succumbing to this because their marketing is just on point. Uh, they have like a four minute long commercial about deodorant and it's really entertaining. Uh, it turns out they have the same writers that like Poopery mm-hmm. and um, fuck, one of those other companies that surrounds like personal cleanliness has. Um, it's really good stuff. It's all natural deodorant, so it doesn't have any aluminum in it. Um, and also it doesn't use a lot of the same ingredients that other natural deodorants use that can cause you to get rashes and stuff, which was my primary reason for not going natural a long time ago. And this stuff actually works. I was surprised by it. I was anticipating that I was going to get it and be really pissed off that I had spent $30 on deodorant. But it does not disappoint. I have gotten up to 72 hours wow. of odor, odor protection. $30 is it's a good lot. stuff. Whew. It is a lot, but it's it's a good size container okay. you get. And mm. you actually get like an applicator for your armpits. But also mm. this stuff is <laughs> it's safe to use anywhere. Mm. So they actually provide a tube of lotion that you can use to apply to like your butt and <laughs> your nether regions. Mm. And I was able to, like, work out and stuff like that and not smell super funky afterwards. Nice. Wow. So, highly recommend. Yeah. But, okay, what happens when you shower? I mean, it. you wash it off. (laughs) Well, I'm just wondering because, like, if it lasts for 72 hours. Well, I mean, it's, you know, the way that, you know, other deodorants work where you build up a tolerance with them as you use them over time. Okay. Similar concept. Of course, like if you're actually like showering like every single day, you're going to have to add more. Okay. Just checking because if it says 72 hours, does that mean I don't have to shower for 72 hours? Well, I mean, uh, theoretically, I prefer to shower every day, but I have found that as I've been using more of it, it requires less. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, with regular deodorant, I feel like I really have to, like, lather it on to mm-hmm. get through a day. But this stuff, like, I put, like, a little tiny bit of it on. It gets me through the whole day, and it just doesn't require as much. Okay. So, it's good stuff. This conversation got really personal. No, it's, I love um, it. I love getting personal with you. It's good stuff, though. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> so, um, coming up in After Dark today, we are going to play Devil's Advocate, Government Shutdown Edition. We're also going to be talking about YouTube cracking down on videos featuring dangerous pranks and challenges. I have a lot of thoughts on this because I think YouTube has gotten out of control. I mean, people will do crazy shit for views and it's it's really sad. Uh, you can get After Dark over at Patreon.com slash Millennial. It's part of Mega Millennial. This is the main show, ad-free, combined with After Dark for nearly two hours of Millennial each and every week. You will also receive new benefits like face-to-face and breaking news. You'll also receive Hashing It Out, which is our pre-show recording. Uh, Pam and I were chatting up a storm before the episode today, and Parker. 
and uh, random posts with goings on in our lives and the new Discord channel. Thanks to everybody who's joining us there this evening. Can also help you reduce your addiction to Facebook, which is always good. Parker, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you, you. Uh, it's always nice speaking with you, getting the Republican millennial <laughs> perspective. I think also because Parker, you're such a good sport. I think we should let you pick the outro song. Ooh, just do "Enchanted" by Taylor Swift. Why not? There you oh, go. perfect! I was hoping you'd say Creed, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know Creed. Pam or has Simon. left the chat. That's what would happen after that. <laughs> with arms wide open (laughs) (laughs) alright thanks everybody for listening I'm Andrew I'm Laura I'm Pamela and I'm Parker bye everybody see ya see ya